What's up everyone? Today we are going deeper into this whole structural balance thing and we've got Phil, our resident physiotherapist here to talk about a physio's take on structural balance and the importance of it, why you should be doing it and what it's going to do for you. Stick around. Yo, what's up everyone? In case we haven't met, my name is Rad Burmeister. I'm one of the co-founders of Unity Gym and one of the co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the way we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a program that has a perfect balance between strength, flexibility, and fitness, and also teaches you a path towards really cool movement skills like uh, calisthenics and uh, gymnastic skills. If you wanna know how we do it, grab one of the free blueprints, the flexibility blueprint, the strength blueprint, or the nutrition blueprint. There's a link for them all uh, in the description of this show. And uh, I'm joined today by Phil. How are you, man? So well. Nice to be here on a Tuesday, getting back to the like the good old days. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, just can like, get rid of me. <laughs> just like the good old days, isn't it? Very cool, yeah. huh? No, it's, I feel very lucky in Australia that, you know, we're relatively, um, you know, it's pretty easy going here with COVID at the moment. So, yeah, it's great to be back on a Tuesday and back to somewhat normality. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's so good. good. Yeah, so good, man. So today <clears throat> we are talking, um, you know, we're talking about structural balance and the importance of it because... This, uh, you know, we're, we're at this point where um, some of the world, I know that some countries aren't as lucky as we are, but definitely in Australia, we're starting to get back to a little bit of normality. At least gyms have reopened. So we're getting a lot of people this week that are saying, you know, the gym's open again. What can I, what, what's the best kind of training I can do? Um, and, you know, we really want to, we really want to get people thinking about the importance of structural balance, not just at the start of your journey, but... Once you've come out of a, of a big change, like being in lockdown and, you know, uh, having to train at home. So um, yesterday, Yanni and I, you know, had a, had a, had a deep dive into it and, and had a little chat about it. And we just wanted to get, uh, to get Phil on board today so that, you know, we could, um, we could hear a physio's take on it. Because um, we didn't really realize what we were on to uh with our program and because phil's been training with us for about seven years now haven't you on and off like it's just been depending on what sort of sport you've been playing and where you've been located with you yeah it's pretty out of action a few times when i was on placements out and all over the place but yeah yeah. that's right but um but even before he was working uh he had a practice here and he was working out of unity gym he was training with us and and, and, and the, the, the more that our program evolved, you know, the more Phil was um, expressing his, uh, um, how would you say, I guess, I guess your approval of it. Stokedness. <laughs> your stokedness of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, remember, I remember one time, Phil, you, were, you, you said to me, um, I, I would really struggle to find a better way to write a program for, for, for general population. Um, do you want to talk us through that? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, it's one of those things with with programming is like the best program you can do is is very much in line with is, with your goals, um, but they should all be based around some some fundamental movement patterns in the body and some like fundamental strengthening of you know your key movements and your key like joints. So I think the way that uh, yeah the UMS is built, it's just really ticks all the boxes you need in a week to get. Um, a good sort of baseline that you can then adapt if you have some specialized interest. But for for those who just want to turn up to the gym and um, you know have something that's going to tick all the boxes with, and without having to 
like one of the things I loved when I first started training here was not having to think about things. I'd just come in and I'd be like, okay, cool. (laughs) I'm just going to do what you say. And and I know that by the end of the week, like all the kind of major boxes will be ticked. By the major boxes, I mean that strength side of things, the flexibility, mobility side of things, and the uh, cardio fitness as well. So, But even if we don't talk Hmm. just about the UMS um, program in specific, because we definitely don't want this show to be that, that kind of a thing. What do you feel, um, in your professional opinion, what do you think are the major boxes that need to be ticked for somebody for a foundational type program, like for the, for, for the average person, you know, the people that we're talking to here, people that aren't necessarily, you know, um, trying to, you know, be at the top of their field in an athletic pursuit, but, you know, want to be able to play whatever their chosen sport is on the weekend and, and want to be able to age gracefully. What do you think are the major boxes that need to be ticked? Yeah, well, we need to get some load through the whole body is like the big overarching thing. So um, sometimes when people think about building programs, they get really focused on like certain things that they enjoy. And so they'll, you know, either uh, heavily focus on just doing, you know, pulling motions, for example, or you see the kind of classic bodybuilder like, um, you know, uh, chest and buys sort of yeah. like approach to training whereas when looking at the UMS program at, or, or the foundations program it, it's based around that those kind of simple ideas of pushing and pulling in a vertical and horizontal plane and um, you know when in all the past episodes we've done we've, I just uh, did the 101st uh, podcast oh, um, wow. upload wow. so wow. you know we've, we've, we've like it's been going for a while now and, yeah. and you know one of the common themes and one of the common kind of principles that I often talk about is trying to load um, joints in a you know, in a balanced and variety of ways. So when you put in horizontal push-pull, vertical push-pull, it's just a great way of building up the musculature around um, the shoulder to support it really well. So, um, and that's one of the, you know, key tenets of the, like the foundation program, which then goes into the, um, into the UMS mm-hmm. progressions program. Um, and yeah, squatting and deadlifting, just such key movements. Um, why they're particularly good is, you know, with, with squatting, um, it's really looking at that triple extension, which, when it is great athletically, like jumping, running, all so these you, things. You mean ankle, knee, hip extension? <laughs> yeah, ankle, yep. knee, and hip extension. Um, and yeah, like that's such a key thing in a sporting context. But having spent a bit of time in rehab hospitals and like especially like geriatric rehab hospitals, you see what happens when people don't have that is that they can't get out of a chair. Yeah. And like, so it's such a relevant pattern that should be strengthened throughout your whole life and yep. you know our, our tr- training in um, the rehab hospitals was basically doing sit to stands which was getting someone to sit up and um, you know stand out of a chair and sit back down in that chair because that's basically a, a squat pattern yep. so um, it's just such a key fundamental thing that you know it has just huge like benefits to athletic and, and postural sort of stuff in the you know in your younger years but then in older life like that's the thing that determines whether or not you're independent. Yeah. Like that's determines and, whether or not you're gonna. And it, it's that use it or lose it, isn't it? Like mm. I, I used to think before I became a trainer and before I started studying this stuff and learning about um, things like sarcopenia. And if you don't know what that is, that's the, the loss of muscle mass that happens as we age if we don't work to maintain it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the last time I uh, did a workshop on this, um, after about the age of 35, for a man, a man loses about 0.6% of their total muscle mass every year and a woman loses about 0.9% of their muscle mass every year. So it's a little bit worse for women. Um, but, and we used to think, people used to think that that is just something that happened as you age, that you just mm. became frail. But what we now know is that it's a use it or lose it thing. So you can work to uh, build muscle mass up to a certain point in your life and um, it it just becomes harder as you get older, but at least to maintain it. And if you do that, 
you know, there are plenty of examples now, and I've, I've seen, um, you know, some of these weapons on YouTube, like these, like there's these examples of these people in their 70s that have been doing weightlifting and consistently been doing it, and they're still lifting some serious amount of weight and yeah. really getting around like a very, very active person. Um, so yeah, just, and, and the, the squat, like you said, is, you know, for the lower body, like lower body training is really simple, isn't it? It's really basic. You just need to be taking those joints through those full ranges of motion and with the squat and the deadlift and, and, and really stimulating muscle growth. Yeah, and, and with the um, the deadlift, such a, like the hip hinge um, and being able to lift something off the, ground, off the ground is, you know, again, such a key fundamental thing that we really need to be uh, strong in because, you know, when you go and like help your daughter move house or something like those little things that if you haven't trained that sort of hip hinge um you know load loading in front of your center of mass if you haven't trained that before then um you know that leaves you open to potential yep. um, injury so and what i do like as well is that um you know if you were just to train <clears throat> sort of strict form deadlifts the whole time then you'd be you know become very good in very sort of confined sort of ranges of motion but with the addition of jefferson curls um and you know as the programs develop into like snatch grip deficit deadlifts where you know you might get a bit more lumbar flexion you might um, be doing it in slightly different you know um, positions of contact for the weight then you, you're building up that kind of that resiliency to an exposure to um, different sort of postures while lifting which yeah is one of the kind of key things for um, you know a healthy body is being ex having a like wide variety of stimulus so that when you go out into the real world that you know, there's less that's going to shock yep. your body and, and cause cause injuries. So. Yeah, yeah, and th there's this term that a lot of people use, uh, which which people uh, call functional training, mm. and um, it's a funny one because I've correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there, but I've never actually found a a, a proper definition of what functional training is. I think it's a loose term that that people use. Would, would you agree, Phil? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things where it's kind of like. I think, you know, it's a, a nice way to describe training early on, but now it's just been yeah. used as a label that yeah. doesn't necessarily doesn't mean, mean anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, but <clears throat> for me, what functional training is, like there, we, we've been able to identify what we believe are, are what some people refer to as primal movement patterns, where if you go back to cave uh, is caveman a, a sexual uh, cave people? Uh, cave people now is what we got to yeah. call it. So cave people time, where uh, you know anything that we had to do was was most likely broken down into either the squat, lunge, bend, or or deadlift pattern, horizontal push, horizontal pull, vertical push, vertical pull, or rotational pattern. We either would have had to squat down to pick something up, lunge down to pick it up, bend down to pick it up. We would have had to rotate to throw something or pull something or push something. And, and everything that we did would have been broken down into those movements. So, um, you know, what, what I think of, of as functional training is, is a, a program that balances those movement patterns, that has them all in there. And if you go to a gym and use cable machines or really any kinds of machines, you quite often do not tick all those boxes. You don't hit those, um, you know, for those on the podcast, I've got my fingers in the air here doing the parenthesis, parenthesis things. You don't use the, uh, the functional movement patterns um, that, are, that are really important in a, in a good uh, structurally balanced program. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can, uh, I guess cable machines like uh, can, like a, a classic sort of cable pull machine can be quite useful for obviously oh, that for pull sure. pattern. Yeah, but yeah, those sure. those other machines where you're kind of more locked into a certain yeah, I guess so, plane call, of Calling it a hmm. cable machine is not the right way. Yeah, fixed plane yeah. machines. Um, I mean, things like, you know, there's 
when I was at, at, at the big chain gyms before as a personal trainer, there's people that train their legs and the only way they train their legs was by doing leg extension and uh, hamstring curls, you know? So the, um, you know, those seated quad machines yeah, where, you're, yeah. where you're going through knee extension. Yeah. Um, not Doesn't really resemble much unless no, you... it doesn't. And from what I remember, like the research shows that that can actually uh, weaken the structure of the knee because the, the muscles become very strong and you become good at exerting force in knee extension but never under load under the way that the body would would use that force and so then when you go and um yeah and often when you're ex like if you're doing explosive knee extension you really need your hamstrings to slow your ham like to slow down your leg and that's often where you tear hamstrings if you yeah. go out sprinting and at that last stage of um you know as you're reaching forward with your leg under um hip flexion and knee extension yeah. that's when you tear your hammies so yeah things like that where you become really powerful in knee extension but you haven't kind of taught yeah. the um yeah. hamstrings how to be eccentrically strong and slow down like so, a fast moving limb and that's what's yeah so let's get let's get a physio's take so i'm going to get phil to talk you guys through the importance of training agonist and antagonist and even even what those terms mean because a lot of people that are listening to this have probably never really heard that before so can you talk us through what agonist and antagonist muscles are and yeah what, what they how they need to be considered in a training program so basically yeah the agonist muscle is the muscle that's doing that main sort of uh, movement so if we're looking at um you know knee extension um in the uh, yeah, knee extension, as we were just talking about, then the antagonist muscle will be the opposing muscle, which is, uh, I guess... The hamstring in this yeah, case. Exactly, yeah, exactly, the hamstring in this case. So. so the agonist is the one that's doing the work. So for knee extension, it's the quadricep that's pulling the leg into extension. Yeah. So for those of you that don't understand what that means, that, that's when you go from having a bent knee to a straight knee, that's knee extension. And then the antagonist is the hamstring, which is the muscle that's doing nothing opposing that, that muscle. Um, yeah, and with, I guess in a case like a knee extension machine, um, that's kind of the case, but in real life, usually the antagonist is doing something. Yep. And that's where that sort of dynamic stability that I always talk about with active structures being so important is that, you know, our muscles are like in a like real world environment are always working together to control um, joints. So you need to have, you know, the brakes of your hamstrings to, you know, stop uh, kind of over like any sort of excessive, like, movement so and this is something you don't think about it's not something that you, you know, yeah. can be like go but, hamstrings but, <laughs> but it's something that like when you don't understand this stuff you, yeah. you you put no consideration to it in programming like we've seen it so many times before it's like you said it's this classic this is what yanni did before he became a personal trainer he, he he'll outwardly say this yeah. he spent years where when he went to the gym all he did was chest and biceps yeah. because it's all he understood how to do no one ever coached him on how to do it and so he developed this horrible posture but and that's a really classic thing that people can a lot of people might be able to relate to is, is that the people when they're doing a lot of bicep curls but no tricep extensions which is an example anyone of training the agonist but never training the antagonist so talk us through what's going to happen in a joint if that's what you do long term yeah well, i guess if, if one muscle's really strong pulling you other way and then you don't have the you know the tug of war of the other side of things if you're, you're over developing one side then that joint is going to be you know really heavily loading uh that particular uh direction and that can start to become pretty problematic uh you know not only with like the kind of postural general postural side of things but um, yeah, it can just the like. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit wary to say that like um, there's kind of the symmetry and posture is a really interesting thing in physio where it was kind of used to be seen as like you know such an important thing to make people look exactly right and you know be 100% um, balanced. But the body is super resilient and you will like even if things aren't 100% um, you know symmetrical, you can still be a perfectly functional um, you know person without pain. But uh, there's definitely if you're only if you're going to be 
training the body in an unbalanced sort of way, then you're more like, like you're going to run into some issues, especially yep. if you start to try and get out of, um, you know, the movement patterns that you, like if you only go into the gym and train biceps or, um, and then you, you know, have to use your extensor muscles. So your, your yep, triceps, triceps, you know, you're, you're pushing yourself out of, I don't know, you're trying to climb up something and you push up mm -hmm. you're going to be weak through there, then yep. yeah, you're going to run into some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's something that for me, I've, I, I didn't understand for years, for decades, for decades of training, I was doing Kung Fu and martial arts and I had no idea what it was. And the, and the big thing that I developed was I developed a real imbalance with my um, hamstrings. My hamstrings became very weak compared to my quadriceps because I did, um, you know, the, the exercises you do in Kung Fu, there's, the, there's a lot of hamstring strength that's involved in it. and. Um, I mean, the, the, sorry, a lot of quadriceps strength. Yeah. The hamstrings are only, you know. Thinking that, back that, to when I did the, uh, that horse dance video, I was like, oh. Yeah, the quadriceps just get burnt, <laughs> you know. Um, and so then when I came into the gym and I started, um, you know, training in a more balanced way, man, my hamstrings were weak. And they're still a weak point for me. That's still something that years later I'm working on. Um, but if you don't at least start to go, okay, hang on a minute, let's let's think about how I'm training my body and, and am, is this even a consideration in my programming? Am I considering how each muscle in each joint is getting trained? And, and if you're not, then then you are gonna run into problems. Yeah. But before we move on, I want to, um, because I, what, I wanna, what I wanna talk about next is um, even just the concept of training every joint in your body, which is something that, that I'd like to move on. But before we move on from this topic, let's- uh, Lee's just got a question. Yeah, here that's saying, what I wanted to yeah, say. Let's see what Lee's asked. He says, have agonist and slash antagonist issues in my top of left leg. Could Phil explain the components here, please? So uh, I guess are you asking what muscles are there? Um, yeah, so, and, and I'm interested to hear what the issue is. Um, but yeah, generally like a, um, if you're looking at the muscles around the top of your legs, you got your hip flexors there. Um, but keep in mind you're with your quads, one of your quadriceps, so there's four muscles there. Your rectus femoris is a quadricep <coughs> and a hip flexor. So um, that's just something and that knee, sometimes knee people don't. Flexor. Yeah, yep. exactly. Because, you know, we have a lot of two joint muscles, which is what um, is so important to when we're doing these sort of compound movements is it's we're using our um, two joint muscles in, I guess, more sort of functional ways here where um, they're having to control both, you know, the knee and the hip in, in this example. Whereas if you uh, only did knee extensions for your lower body, then you're only, um, you know, going to be training that muscle in the um in in the knee component of the um you know of strengthening so uh here you're saying tfl slash glutes so yeah with um hip flexion versus uh hip extension um just here with the tfl like it's not a particularly powerful muscle in hip flexion it, it's a um it, its main role is actually to control the itb sort of tracking um it's got a you know a, that's kind of another rabbit hole that we maybe don't need to go yeah. down. Um, and so, yeah, Lee Clements is chucking out some muscle names here. If that's um, oh, probably the not the most, yeah, the <laughs> my favorite. Um, yeah, with can I can I jump in here, please, Lee? You're um, you're making a really classical mistake that you know I was making until very recently. Phil kind of just m made a joke at some of the things that Yanni and I were c even coming out with. And the, the piriformis is the one that's made me think about this because for, for decades, personal trainers have been obsessed with the piriformis. It's it's, I don't know why, but we just, yeah, we, we, we just get taught about it. But for the first time, 
Maybe not the first time, but for the first time in a long time, Phil got me to look at the gluteal muscles and the the way that the piriformis is um, connected, you know, like the way it sits on the pelvis and the uh, and the femur, and. It's a part. It's one of five muscles, isn't one of, it? It's one of six external rotators. One of six uh, external rotators. That when you look at them all together, it, it, it's it's kind of like saying, um, <laughs> I "Look, for those of you on the podcast, I'm holding up my hand and using my fingers as being joined together and saying it's like saying that all these muscles that are connected, but this is the one that's the problem. You know, yeah. when they when they all kind of pull in the in the one direction. So. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a funny thing, Lee. Um, I don't know that um, I don't know that that trying to say it's this muscle or it's this muscle, or it's this muscle is necessarily the answer. What I like to do personally is identify where weaknesses are in antagonist or antagonist or left to right side, but then train movement patterns. So train agonist and antagonist movement exactly. patterns, which is going to hit all of those muscles that, that work with that, rather than thinking, oh, I need to focus on strengthening my TFL, which is... Totally. And like, I, I absolutely love anatomy. I got totally obsessed with it and you know, studied at uni a lot. And I, I would recommend, Lee, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, like go in there and, and learn something about hip, like especially pelvic and hip anatomy. Like it is fascinating. There's so much to learn there, but yeah, I don't think it's you know too useful just um, at the moment about just going through all the different muscles involved there. But yeah, rather thinking about um, these key sort of movement patterns in the way that we, um, you know, train them, especially in, um, you know, the foundations program. And I just wanted to touch on the, like one of the things that I think it's so useful to do the foundations program is the way in which it sort of sits with the UMS. It's just a, like the, pro the progressions program. Is it such a perfect place to come back to as well if, um, you know, you're struggling with particular movements or you have particular injuries, often, you know, what I'm doing is just, um, you know, changing certain component people who are in the progressions. I'm just taking them back to some of the, you know, the movements that are in the foundations, like one, three, three phases, and then inserting that in as, you know, a, as the physio or the rehab exercise. Because often it's just kind of coming back to these, like, um, you know, really foundational, uh, you know, si kind of more simple components of the progressions program and just really, um, you know, nailing those movements and, and getting the, um, you know, that balance right there. So I think, you know, even if you're doing the progressions program, it's always useful to go back and, um, yeah. you know, explore these simple movements. Yeah. See, Lee, the, the thing is, um, like when it, I, I'm like, as Phil was saying all that and, and listening to what he's got to say and thinking about the way that Yanni and I created the foundations program to tackle the majority of, of people's issues is that, you know, when it comes to the hips, the, the, the hip is a simpler joint to train than the shoulder. The shoulder requires more complexity to create a healthier shoulder. The hip, it, it's simpler, it's a simpler way to train it. And the, the way that we tackle it in the foundations program is that we basically work on training hip extension and hip flexion um, under load, but by giving it a different load stimulus. So by doing things like, for an example, doing unilateral work like split squats, step ups, split squat variations, step up variations and hip extension variations like single leg deadlifts, plus bilateral work like deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts, hip extensions, squats, things like that. You, you end up tackling most of the issues that you're um, talking about there. And over time, like usually a, a 12 to 18 week period, the majority of imbalance issues get evened out or they come to such a small imbalance that it's not going to really cause you that many problems. What do you think about that, Phil? Yeah, I think exactly right. Like it, it, it's, I think people get really sort of hung up on the super specific um, muscles a lot of the time and if you 
train the system as I often talk about. Like if you give it a you know balanced stimulus between that flexion extension, um, abduction, adduction, um, you know, and and you know train it in the kind of demands that it will need outside of the gym. So with um, I really like how you know you go from the uh, strength and mobility thing into uh, the cardio part of um, you know the UMS program where you have you then have you know skipping, jumping, mm-hmm. um, step ups, box jumps where you're exposing it to you know impact. You're exposing mm-hmm. it to um, you know like that more that balance side of things with um, with landing and uh, yes, yeah, so I think it's it's all about just giving your um, yeah joints a real uh, general exposure to a lot of stimulus so that then you're more resilient to whatever you come across in real yeah, life. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just want to answer Aiden's question quickly. It is off topic, Aiden, but um, I do want to help you out. Um, you're saying, hey, guys, just finalized my new program for the straight arm scapular strength are pseudo planche leans and feet assisted arch into hangs done for reps or hold times. Feet assisted arch into hangs when you get started with them, do them for reps and try and hold for three seconds each. And you're gonna be only aiming for about three to five reps to start with, man. And then you're gonna work up to that five to eight rep range. Pseudo planche leans are done for hold times and you're gonna be using the, um, uh, the isometric strength formula to calculate your hold times and your sets. You also want to do a deficit snatch grip deadlifts. Is the deficit absolutely necessary? I just don't have something firm um, at that height to stand on. Brother, if you've got a barbell, unless you're using all of your weight plates when you train, then you've got something firm to stand on because weight plates are the preferred option. Um, you know, when we do it, like just a, a 25 kilo weight plate, like just that much of a deficit is enough to get a really good height. So just one yeah. of your thicker Starts weight plates. Starts more and then build up. That's right. It's um, one of the variables. Yep. And uh, is a deficit necessary? No, it absolutely isn't necessary. It's just a great way to create a deeper range, to bring your spine into more flexion so that you um, strengthen your body through, uh, you basically become stronger in the hardest part of the lift, getting it off the ground. Um, Anything you want to add to that? Yeah. And I think like, you know, this is from some, Aiden's just finished, you know, 18 weeks of this foundations program. So uh, yeah, it's a good kind of example of, you know, not, not he's not going straight to the uh, deficit snap de- grip levels deadlifts. He's you know, um, you know now it, like work through the whole foundations and now giving that sort of um, new stimulus. You want to really start out like this is this deficit position plus snatch grip is going to be quite different to what you've done before. Yeah. So with every other thing, it's all about gradual exposure. Yeah. So even if you just start with like this yeah. much of a deficit, man, like like one inch, you know, um, that's uh, that's going to be more than enough um, to do that for you, and. Um, I uh, don't have those weight plate rads. I'm rocking the toaster weights. The toaster weights. As Love you it. refer to them. Yeah, nice. I like it. I like it. Um, all good, bro. Just, you know, we we got to make do with what we can yeah, do, Yeah, just right? get like some, you know, planks of plywood, like a couple of those, you know, just something simple. <laughs> for the, the toaster yeah. weights. That, 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 those were the dumbbells, right, Aiden? Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, um, so. If that's the case, you're definitely not going to be doing a snatch, oh, snatch grip, grip yeah, deadlift. True. You can only do a snatch grip deadlift yeah. if, with a barbell. There is yeah. no um, substitute for that. So if you don't have access to a barbell, you're not doing a snatch grip deadlift. You're going to just be doing a, a, a dumbbell deadlift, which yeah. is which is great. It's what yeah. you've got. Um, so let me know when you get access to a barbell because that's going to be um, that's going to be different. 
Um, so listen, the last thing I want to do uh, before we finish today's show, because we're going to be talking about this all week, we're going to be talking about structural balance, the importance of it, uh, and answering your questions on it. So if you've got any questions, get them in, and we'll, we're going to be continuing with this topic um, all week, because it is so important to understand. And I did want to talk about the importance of training every joint in the body, but today we spoke mostly about agonist and antagonist, so maybe tomorrow we can tackle that. We can talk about um, you know training every joint in the body. But what I want to do, I want to read out um, a, a post from Alex Seabrook, who's one of our um, legends in the UMS online coaching program, who uh, has given a little uh, shout out here for the for the UMS Foundations program, which he only finished um, several months ago. Um, and this is what Alex has to say. He said, hey guys, I know a lot of people are probably wondering what program to do now that the gyms have reopened. Having been with Unity Gym for nearly a year now, I would highly recommend the UMS Foundation program, especially if you're coming out of lockdown. This was the first program I completed with Unity, and even as someone who had been a constant gym goer for over a decade, I found it both challenging and rewarding. After doing 10 years of standard gym training, I had developed tightness and weakness in areas that I did not know about, until completing this program. The exercises are challenging for any level of fitness and a great way to set your body up for long-term success. And Alex has since completing the foundations program, he's not only uh, hit his first muscle up by doing the muscle up masterclass, but he's now doing sets of four or five muscle ups. And I guarantee you, that the foundations program is what set him up for that. It's a, it's a really, um, it's really cool to see. Yeah, if you look at the foundations program, you know you've got uh, grip strength stuff in there. You've got all the things that you need to basically expose your body to, you know, uh, like to do that ramp that I keep talking about, taking the stairs up to that goal rather than just running straight at a wall and then, you know, expecting to suddenly be at the top. Yep. Like you really, like this is a perfect sort of ramp to get you up there and, um, you know, give your body that gradual exposure so you don't get uh, shot down with tendinopathies and all sorts yep. of, you know, nasty yep. yeah, uh, things that happen with, especially at this time of people getting, you know, back into gyms for the first time, getting exposed to uh, weights again for the first time, like you really just got to um, respect that it's been, what, 12 weeks or something yeah. since a lot of people yeah. have been yep. exposed to external um, weights. So yeah, really like perfect just to ramp things up again. Yep, absolutely. Um, Aiden is saying, yeah, I got a barbell attachment with those the, uh, toaster tasters. weights. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to throw it out there and say you're probably already going to be lifting with a deficit because unless those dumbbell um, toaster things that you've got sit at the same height as what uh, an Olympic bumper plate does off the ground, it, it, I'm guessing it's probably going to be a bit lower. That yeah. that makes it a deficit. So that's going to be hard for you to be able to tell. Um, I can't even. I don't even know what the measurement is that a barbell sits off the ground. Um, but yeah, don't worry about it too much for now, bro. Just just go through the snatch grip de um, deadlift. Do it however you can, and once you get access to a gym again and you can start doing a deficit, then we can add that in. Because again, um, the, the the funny, you know, when it comes to calisthenics and and uh, things like that, there's always another progression to do. But when it comes to weightlifting, you get to a point where there's not really that many more progressions to do, you know. And once you get with a deadlift and you start doing um, barbell deadlifting, you know, there's really conventional barbell deadlifts, deficit deadlifts and remaining in deadlifts and then uh, you know using deficits with those and they're the, the three real big deadlifts that people use and most people like the, the 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 strongest people they really use conventional deadlifts and snatch grip deadlifts as their main lifts or sumo or sumo yeah. that's right sumo but yeah yeah sumo. you don't like there's like, 
We're it, not we're not getting to a point where you're like okay yeah you don't always have to go to movement complexity as yeah the next you progression. don't like, you can you can really just work on the um the, the the snatch grip deadlift and then when you've got the opportunity you can go to a deficit yeah it, it, when you're at home with like limited weights it's a great way of if you can alter the um uh, yeah by making it a deficit then that uh, will make the amount of weight you have relatively harder so you know yeah, it's a good exactly way of, right. of going when you're with the home gym sort of yeah. limitations I, I guess my point was if yeah. you can't do a deficit now yeah it doesn't matter because yeah. you know what i i've i learned how to do a, um snatch grip deadlifts a decade ago and guess what i still do them all the time they're yeah, not yeah. it's not like a, that's a move that you'll do for six weeks and then you're never going to do it again you are going to be revisiting this move yeah. for the rest of your training career and yeah you can you know just change up the um the parameters around loading so you can like yeah. do slow eccentrics and you know there's different ways in which you mm. can really make what you got quite challenging so once you get out of the foundations program the the deadlift variations squat variations as in high bar and low bar and front squat um bench press bent over row pull up shoulder press you are going to be doing those a lot it's not like you do them once for one phase yeah. and then you move on and you never They're go back to them they are they are there yeah. The nuts and guts of a good strength training program. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for Ooh, tuning before in. Before we finish up, oh. we've got to do the reveal. What's in the box? Do we? <laughs> oh, one we're... of the comments. Oh, right. Uh, this <laughs> so is, I just realized we've this is left our, the uh, This is our um, uh, Theragun. So this is uh, yeah, our just, new toy. It's just, our massage tool. Just as well, I... Uh, you know, moved on from massage and became a physio, otherwise robots would have taken over yeah, my yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's <laughs> it. That's our new toy. And if anybody wants to know, is it good? It is absolutely <laughs> amazing uh, and well worth it if it is within your budget because it uh, it ain't cheap. It's not a uh, it's not a cheap yeah. toy to get. And but uh, if it's, apologies, we will clean up the desk next time. <laughs> that yeah, yeah, just yeah. happened to me. Yeah, but <laughs> Still if it, sitting there. If it is within uh, your budget, uh, go and check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure the desk is clean next time. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. We're going to be talking more structural balance. If you've got any questions, get them in, and we will answer them for you. Have a great day, everyone. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.